Hello, and welcome to Over My Head, a look back at Pop's past, presented to you by Los Lovely Boys. The music for our podcast today is provided by the artist, a friend of yours. Go check their stuff out on SoundCloud. We'll put a link in the description. This is a podcast where we will dissect all things pop from the recent past. Today, we're hoping to answer the all-important question, why did the song Live Your Life by T.I. featuring Rihanna pop? This is episode one of many, and with me today, I have my co-hosts, Chris and Stefan. How's it going, guys? Hello. How are you doing? We are live in the age of the coronavirus. Yes, we are. Uh, we, we got a little bored, so let's, you know, we, we think we know some something about music, so we're going to attempt to dissect them as well as we can going with things. Uh, what have you guys been doing in your time of uh, social distancing? I mean, honestly, listening to a lot of music. So <laughs> this is basically just recording a lot of what's been uh, what's been happening anyway. Um, I, uh, I am here in Austin, Texas. Um, my dog Missy's in the background and it is just us, uh, hanging out here with, um, with, uh, just ourselves. So yeah. And for all our listeners out there, um, the three of us are in fact social distancing. I think the closest distance is, uh, me and Anthony, I'm in Kansas city area and, um, Anthony's in Columbia, Missouri. That's about 120 miles. So uh, we are definitely just up the street. Yeah, just down the street, I-70. So we are um, definitely beating that one meter recommended uh, distance. Yeah, you lie. Something like that. It's one one meter, which is roughly three feet, but the CDC recommends six feet. So it depends on go off of. We have to set a good example. Yes. We. Yes, we do. Feet. We do have to set a good example. Um, yeah, it's been uh, been an interesting time here. Uh, we are on Skype, uh, all three of us, to help practice social distancing and everything. Um, yeah, it's been been an interesting week. Been an interesting past couple of weeks, actually, with everything. Uh, no sports for me. I I love watching sports and not a lot on. So uh, been watching. I watched a dog show the other night. Actually, that's what I watched to attempt to walk some type of sports. That's a sport. Were there good puppers on there? Yeah, there was good puppers. The poodle one, kind of kind of BS in my opinion, but uh, you know, that's all right. You know, didn't you know, we don't we don't discriminate by breed. No, we don't. We don't. In fact, I, I kinda like poodles. Uh, I grew up with a few toy poodle one purebred toy poodle. She was hundred percent poodle. Then I had a Bichon poodle and a Shih Tzu poodle. So all tiny white puntable dogs. But they're great dogs because they're hyperallergenic. The only downside is they have anxiety issues. They're so smart that they they drive themselves crazy. So I I think poodles are good. Yeah, so maybe it deserved to win then in that way. So absolutely, yeah. They, they're uh, they're water dogs from France. They're bred <laughs> to swim in water. That's why their hair is curly like that. It's I did not know that. Act, yeah. Well, there you go. And I mean, seriousness, um, we, we really do hope uh, everyone out there is staying safe. These are pretty frightening times, and um, we want to take the social distancing requirements as seriously as possible. Uh, we really do um, wish the best for you and your loved ones. Yeah, and hopefully we can provide a little escape from that as well, too, which is why part of the Definitely. reason that we're doing this. All right, so we are going to get into the song and the breakdown of it. But for legal reasons, we cannot play the song, so we want you to go listen to it, kind of get it back in your head, thinking about things uh, about the song in general, too. And we will see you on the other side, where we break down into some of our nostalgia about the song, the history surrounding the song, production, and of course the lyrics as well. So see you after that. So let's kind of break down uh, some of our first reactions, you know, memories to the song as well. Um, let's have Chris start it off. What are some of the memories that you have pertaining the uh, Live Your Life? Oh, my God. Um, it's one of those songs, you know. I uh, So this song came out in 2008, late, uh, later in the year. Um, we were all uh, eighth graders. <laughs> um, we were eighth grade going on ninth grade. Um, the, the, when the song came out, this was right in the middle of the iPod era. Um, 
I shouldn't say middle, more this was around the time that all of us were old enough to get iPods. <laughs> um, so I was a uh, iPod shuffle boy. Um, not the gum stick kind, but the little uh, the little clip-on kind, the little silver guy. Um, and I remember this being on my playlist. This is one of those ones that you just had to remember where it was. Um, <laughs> didn't have a screen or anything. Um, my uh, I, I remember listening to it uh, in the back of the bus. Um, you know, headed headed to or from high school. Um, just listening to it, feeling on top of the world. Uh, it was, I mean, it was huge when it first came out. Um, I mean, y'all probably have similar similar memories. Yeah, for me, this was a song that you're like. Holy cow, I want to like run through a brick wall for like the first time, maybe in your entire life. Uh, you know, trying out, I, I played a lot of sports, so trying out for basketball, um, freshman year, you're like, this is what gets me pumped, you know, uh, to Absolutely. try out for it, or this is what gets you really going to, you know, on the way of the games, uh, and things like that as well, too. I, did have the gumstick kind of uh, iPod then. So that was one of the times where you would recognize, you know, you're supposed to shuffle it, but you would want to put your songs in a way that you knew what was going to come up. And this was one of those I felt like you just wanted to come up and wanted to find uh, almost all the time as well, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I think I associate this song most with, in, I think, fall of freshman year of high school. Um, I wasn't really into TI during his, you know, the majority of this decade. This was probably the first album where I listened to him actively because I wasn't a fan of hip hop. And this was a very accessible pop song with Rihanna on the chorus. So if you were just getting into hip hop, I, th I think it was perfect for that. I remember Homecoming, you know, raising your hands to the chorus. It's a very like boppable song. It gets the people going. I think a lot of stadiums and, you um, sporting events still play this song to get the people going. So I think in that aspect, it has hung around a bit just because of that replayable volume. It's easily accessible to a lot of people. Yeah. I've been singing this around the, my place for like the past three days, just like, you know, uh, the Rihanna part, especially. And I'm like, man, this is, it just kind of brings back all those good memories from when life wasn't so difficult <laughs> in, in the ways as well too. Definitely, yeah, we're just living our life. It's definitely one of those songs too, where not just the Rihanna part, which you know, for all uh, for all intents and purposes, that that part is incredibly catchy. But um, but it's one of those songs where just random Ti lines will just pop into your head at a given moment. You know, I mean, not even necessarily like catchy in a musical way. I mean, but very very lyrically catchy. I mean, the, he had. Uh, you know, he had a lot of good bars in the song. It's it's one of those tracks where both artists, I feel like, are really in their bag um, to a really good pop effect. Um, it's yeah, I mean, and like I was saying, like back at the back at the time, this song was huge. I mean, it was hammered into people's heads on the radio everywhere. So, Chris, to that effect, I remember like this line from this song will pop into my head whenever I want to like plead the fifth where I don't want to take a stance where TI goes, I'm impartial to the politics. So like if, if I don't want to get into something with my girlfriend or somebody, I just go, I'm impartial to the politics. I don't know why that line has resonated with me, but it's kind of an easy cop out. It's it's, uh, it's good little alliteration, uh, pretty solid wordplay. I can see it. That's like uh, that reminds me of like you know like think of a verbal meme, but think of like the normal Winnie the Pooh, like you know, and that would be the I plead the fifth, and then the the like fancy one is like you know I'm impartial to the politics <laughs> instead. <Yep. laughs> so uh, kind of a different way of saying things like that uh, as well too. And that needs to exist now. Someone needs to make that. <laughs> Not me, though. Too much work. If you're listening to this, please get on that. Thank you. Do it. Yeah. All right. So now that we've, you know, kind of reminisced on the song, uh, we're going to throw it over to Stefan to break down some of the history and culture surrounding the song Live Your Life. Thank you, sir. Um, so I guess I'll paint the scene here a little bit. The world is set in 2008. Twilight, the film series, has just begun. We are in that era. As Chris mentioned earlier, um, we're firmly in the iPod age, not quite the iPhone age yet. From the perspective of the artist, 
T.I. has been an accomplished rapper since the beginning of the decade. However, this album, Paper Trail, would be the mainstream peak of his career. Interestingly, to me at least, um, Live Your Life was actually the seventh single from this album. I would have pegged it as the second after what, Whatever You Like, but that was not the case. And this song would be on the top of the Billboard charts for six weeks. It actually re-entered to replace Whatever You Like on two separate occasions, which is somewhat of a very rare feat, only happening maybe once or twice a decade. As for Rihanna, by this point, she has ascended to the top of her uh, pop queendom. We're in her short air era, you know, Disturbia, Umbrella, um, Shut Up and Drive. She's had those hits and more. Good girl, uh, this would be her Good Girl Gone Bad Indeed. Um, this would be her fifth number one single, and this actually made her the first female artist to achieve that feat in the 21st century. Uh, interestingly for Rihanna, her peak would not stop here. She would remain one of, if not the most successful female, female artist for years to come. And she's still kind of riding that high. When you think of the 2000s and the 2010s, you think of Rihanna, even though she's kind of transitioned to a modeling fashion uh, phase of her career. But there's a lot going on in the world outside of music as well. This is 2008, so we have an election, and it is in full swing. We have Obama versus McCain, which is a landmark election. SNL and America are strangely infatuated with Sarah Palin at this time, and Tina Fey's impression of her on SNL, which was quite funny. Uh, you know, she could see Russia from her house, and that line will still pop into my head when I think of either Alaska or Sarah Palin. The forever wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and Afghanistan have been going on for over five years now, which seems long, but in the context of those wars was not even halfway through. And TI actually gave those troops a shout out in the uh, beginning of the song, not the radio edit, but if you got the song off iTunes, you would hear him give a shout out to the troops. However, despite all of that going on in the background, the biggest story here in September 2008 when the single was released is we are going through the peak of the Great Recession. So the song was released on September 29th, September 23rd, sorry. Uh, September 29th, the U.S. federal government bailed out many major banking institutions for failing. The stock market had its largest single-day drop in history to that point. Cough, cough, steeper daily drops have actually occurred in the last two weeks, if you're listening to this um, podcast in early April. We are in a much worse state right now than we were then, but that's beside the point. It was still a bad time to be involved in economics or to pay your bills. So the economic situation for everyday Americans during that time was in stark contrast with the chorus of the song that Rihanna would sing, and it would play on the radio for weeks to come. Talking about fancy clothes, fancy cars, and chasing paper, and a lot of people were struggling to pay the bills in what was the greatest economic disaster since the Great Depression many generations before. And I know that sounds bleak, but I do want to raise one cultural tidbit about this song I think is funny, optimistic, and still rings true today. I think that Live Your Life might have been one of the first, and if it wasn't the first, it's the first number one song to feature a meme. And that meme is the Numa Numa song. So if you remember in 2004, 2005, there's this white chubby guy with glasses in a grainy video, and he's bopping his hands to a song actually called Dragostai Dintai by a Moldovan pop group named The Ozone. And it goes like, Maya he, Maya who, Maya ha ha. I'm not going to sing it because I can't do it justice, <laughs> but you, you, you probably remember it. It's pretty good. This song actually predates YouTube. I probably saw it on Albino Black Sheep or FunnyJunk.com, but this meme is so old, it's older than YouTube. So the Numa Numa sample appears in the beginning of the song, and Chris can dive into how that weaves into the fabric of the song, how Rihanna kind of interpolates into the chorus. But I think this song featuring that meme is kind of an example of how 2008, especially this month in 2008, was kind of stuck in between eras. We're stuck in between Bush and Obama. We're about to enter the Obama presidency. We're stuck between the rising economic um, situation in the 2000s. We're about to go into the Great Recession. We're stuck between the flip phone era and the smartphone era. And in all of this, we get Live Your Life, which is just a fabulous bridge between all of that. And if you think about today, that tidbit that I mentioned about featuring memes, many pop songs today, that's a common thing to, men 
to feature a snippet of a video. You have um, Kanye's Ultralight Beam, which actually starts out with a vine from a little four-year-old. And we just had a song that actually charted that was um, Cardi B panicking about the coronavirus. She didn't do a song. Somebody made a song from her meme of her complaining. So that's kind of inverse. It's just insane. Many songs today will feature kind of pop snippets from the internet. And this song kind of ushered that in. So I, I think it's very interesting piece of pop culture for the time period. Yeah, the when when you said that, I remember we talked about this actually like a couple weeks ago and you mentioned like Numa Numa and I was like I have never even seen that video and you're like how how have you not seen it? And I looked it up and I was like holy cow, like that that is like maybe one of the first memes that that has happened and then was in a song. So that was just kind of baffling that you know, I didn't know that, and some other people might not know that it was, you know, a, a thing even bigger than than maybe it was b- before as well. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I remember at the time. I mean, me being a very nerdy young man, um, I when I first heard this song, you know, I immediately recognized it. I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's ridiculous." Um, but it fits. I mean, that's the thing. Um, not to not to kind of get ahead of myself, but the 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 song itself, Drago Steven Tay, um, is a really catchy chord progression. Um, and the song kinda the song kind of takes from that to um kind of add a backbone to its to its pop bona fides. Um it's uh it's one of those it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes for a meme to really hit that next level and hit its stride, it has to have some part of it that's genuinely really enjoyable. And that meme definitely had that sauce. Um, I mean, I, I liked that song. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I remember sitting and listening to that Romanian song, like, like completely unironically back in the day. <laughs> so it's a perfect it. piece of Europop. It's incredibly catchy. If you haven't heard the meme or listen to the song please go search it i think that video quality is probably in 240p if maybe that maybe 480 if we're lucky um but it is from 2004 2005 and the song was very popular in europe and i think the meme popping over here made it popular here um it's just fabulous you you can talk to it alone like chris just said yeah yeah, that was a great breakdown by Stefan to kind of give us a lot of that history behind what was Live Your Life, uh, which was 12 years ago now at this point when we're recording this. So we want to get some insight on a lot of the different production that was used in this song as well. I know Chris has already discussed it a little bit, but Chris, let's give a little breakdown about what is going on in this song. Yeah, I mean... You know, just uh, I knew we were talking about this like we were talking about this in the context of the Great Recession. We were talking about this in, you know, we were in eighth grade, but 12 years just kind of sunk in. (laughs) I mean, it is uh, it is definitely one of those songs that's kind of persisted for what it is. Kind of like kind of like Ryan was saying, like it's it's very much still prevalent at sports games and just in any sort of. Uh, kind of crowd hyping environment, and that's really because it is a uh, it is a really classic kind of pop progression. Um, so, as I kind of mentioned, the the vocal sample Drago Student Tay kind of gives the song its chords, um, and it ends up being uh, in B minor, um, and it's a one it's a one three six chord progression. Um, ends up using a seventh chord, um, just kind of as a way to layer and lead into. Um, it back into the main chorus, uh, especially it, near uh, Rihanna's bridge part. It's, you know, it's very much a product of its time production-wise and in terms of the instruments used. Uh, lots of brass and strings, hip-hop, really bombastic, really jubilant. Um, so this is produced by Just Blaze, uh, who's already a pretty prolific producer at this time. Just um, Blaze! Just Blaze! <laughs> that's that's right no i mean he um this was you know believe it or not this was actually pretty close to his commercial peak he's definitely still had a number of hits uh since then but in terms of just the highest highs this was right around it um i mean 
before this, it kind of made his name on songs like Pump It Up by Joe Budden, uh, Oh Boy by Cameron, and Touch the Sky by Kanye West and Lupe Fiasco, all of which, you know, definitely fit that same vibe. Strings, brass, just really bombastic, really jubilant, really, um, really up-tempo in sound, if not BPM. So Fruity Loops at the time was much more prevalent than even GarageBand in terms of what was a really accessible kind of entry-level music production platform. I mean, famously, it was the platform on which Soulja Boy made Crank That just a year before. Um, and so as a result of that, you know, it had some pretty ubiquitous sounds, um, and you'll hear a lot of those here, just really flanged uh, strings and brass. Um, even the main uh, synth part, which is kind of just this uh kind of just this thick sort of bassy um this bassy synth tone that ends up taking the entire middle of the track um and that's actually an interesting thing about this song um especially if you listen to it uh back to back with something like you know Roddy Rich the box is number 1 right now and if you listen to that the focus is on the low end very sub heavy um the entire lower end of the production is really driving um you know, it's it's much more dynamic than this, mainly because um, it doesn't have a bass instrument. What's happening here, really, the exact same instrument that um, kind of acts as a drone throughout the song um, and is driving the chords is really also just kind of taking the bass uh, role. It's it's interesting because you just really don't hear that as much anymore. Um it, uh, it, it was very much a product of the time when we, uh, we were just coming out of kind of the ringtone, uh, ringtone era of hip hop, as some people would call it. Um, and also leading into EDM. Um, I mean, we all remember how, you know, things sounded around the time of Lady Gaga's early hits. And so, you know, you'll hear a lot of commonalities there. Um, I mean, same with Rihanna. This is, uh, this is very much a song that kind of took hip hop. Um, it took hip hop in a pop direction and in a pop context. Um, those chords that, uh, that I referenced earlier are, those are the sorts of chord progressions that you'd hear in 50s, 60s pop. Um, this is a, this is one of those songs that would kind of take hip hop right at the end of the, you know, the gangster rap era is long over, but this is kind of the tail end of, you know, the dope boy era. Um, I mean, honestly, what T.I. kind of started out with, you know, uh, we like this is a couple years after Duffel Bag Boy and Lil Wayne just hit number one the year before with Lollipop. Like um, hip hop was still especially in, you know, kind of middle America at the time. It was still very much a uh, what what's the word? I guess edgy. Um, but the but the funny thing is, is this is this is a bona fide pop song. And that's kind of the thing, you know, it was quote unquote edgy enough to appeal to a younger crowd with, uh, with, you know, TI providing genuine lap rap lyrics. Um, but it's catchy enough that, you know, a parent could end up finding themselves singing along. Um, it's, I mean, at its core, it's a pop song, but I mean, this was a, this is definitely a very key step in hip hop's evolution. Um, that said, I mean, I won't say that I find the production to have aged particularly well. Um, I mean, you got to remember we're a couple months away from 808s and Heartbreak uh, releasing by Kanye West, um, which was in a lot of ways an album that really defined the next decade of sound. And still to this day, um, you know, you wouldn't have Roddy Rich um, that production style without 808s and Heartbreak. Um, I mean, and you know, not to say that this couldn't exist at the same time, but this was definitely focusing in a more short-term direction. Like I said, kind of predicting the early 2010s EDM wave as opposed to more long-standing hip hop, which sounds a little harsh, but it really is just, uh, it really is kind of just a product of its time. I mean, it was very effective, obviously we still talk about it to this day, but, um, I mean, I was, I, I was trying to think of, what songs from nowadays that are, you know, notable in the mainstream of any degree that I could directly source from this kind of production. I really couldn't think of anything. Um, not to say that we didn't love it at the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Chris, I want, I want to kind of circle back. I know you talked about like the chord progression at, at a much earlier time off the top of your head. Can you give like an example of, or two of, 
popular songs that you know would come to our mind right away that use the same type of chord progression? So, I mean, this is a uh, this is one of those sorts of songs that is kind of indebted to the fifties progression, like kind of the doo wop idea. Um, the one that's that being one four five, but it's very much a kind of circular type of progression. So not necessarily the same chords, but you could hear the, you could hear the same sort of like up and down, um, very much easily resolved chord progression in something like, for example, earth angel, um, that, I mean, that's in a completely different key, but it's the same start on the one you move to a fourth and a fifth, and then right back to the one for the beginning. This one, you start out at, um, you can, you can even hear in the chorus, like by the, by the time Rihanna gets back to you steady chasing your paper, that, uh, is very much about to lead right back into the live your life. It's a very logical kind of conclusion to a chord progression to a melody. Yeah. And you talk about the, the, you know, build and things like that too. So would you say that, you know, you talk about EDM, that's all about builds and drops and everything too. Do you think this was sort of a little predecessor to what is electronic dance music? Not so much like techno house, you know, that always, you know, was a thing, but the EDM core that you think of to this time, like, you know, a few years later, it's Skrillex and it's, you know, he's one of the biggest people at that time too. Absolutely. And um, actually in a couple of ways, I mean, it's good that you bring up Skrillex because Skrillex kind of takes the same sort of theory of mixing what is kind of cool and hip to a younger crowd, you know, in that case, just kind of the more abrasive sounds of early dubstep um, and mixing that with a much more traditional pop core progression. You know, um, that's one of the that's kind of one of the things that really takes a sound to the next level. Um, is familiarity mixed with something completely new. Um, On the same token, it definitely kind of is a prelude to EDM. You know, another song that uh, Just Blaze would would come to uh, have a hit with, I think in the next couple months actually, is All the Above by Mayno. Um, That song uh, has a very similar sort of, very... um, very much. It, it is a build. I mean, I'm trying to think of a word without saying build, but it, that's basically what it is. Maybe it starts a climb, out with the, like a climb. It's or a something. climb. It starts out without the entire uh, drum progression. You know, it's just the vocalist and the and the hook and the chords, and then all of a sudden you get to the quote unquote drop. Um, in that case, it's when T Pain says all the above, and in this case, it's when Rihanna says live your life. You know, you hit the hook, you uh, and all of a sudden, just everything explodes into instrumental. Um, and in that case, that's another reason that this is de- directly a harbinger of uh, EDM. You, uh, the hook, there's a hook, there's a vocal hook in the traditional sense, but the hook really is the vocalization that's happening afterwards. The A, uh, which is kind of being mirrored by the synths in the background as well. Um, I mean, that, you know, that's pretty textbook EDM. And yeah, I mean, you're right. This is not the same as techno. This is not the same as even house. Um, We're talking about like festival EDM, as some people would call it. So I, yeah, definitely, definitely think that it would, like I said before, it has more uh, successors in that realm than it does in hip hop. Yeah, and I loved All the Above. That was a great song of the time, too. And actually funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, Skrillex with uh, Scary Monsters and Nice nice Sprites. Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. He uses a, a meme as well with the, the girl screaming with the cups. Uh, the yes, oh my gosh. Uh, so oh, yeah, kind, kind right. of cool to, right. to kind of bring that all for full circle as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then Harlem Shake itself became a meme. That's Another example of how these songs and memes just kind of, you know, do seesaw with each other. That's true. Another number one, just a few years afterwards, I didn't have any vocals other than the meme. So, yeah, <laughs> very much. You Honestly, I didn't even think about that, but that's 100% true. You know, definitely led up to it in terms of Internet-based uh, kind of crowd-pleasing uh, music. 
All right, so we have got the history surrounding this song and the production, so that leads to my part, which is breaking down lyrics, some of the things to go with the lyrics, uh, a little bit of history about maybe the artist as well, too. So, you know, T.I., uh, or T.I.P., as many other people know him as well, too. T.I., around this time, 2008, as Stefan and Chris has both said, this is the time where we're getting that crossover type stuff. So T.I. himself was one of the originators of trap music, or so he says. Um, you think about some of the people who were also originators, um, such as like Outkast, Young Jeezy, uh, at the time he was Young Jeezy, Gucci Mane, Lil Jon, even you think Manny Fresh, uh, you know, Go DJ at that time, huge song. Uh, there was like some of that trap music vibes. And then you actually get someone like T.I. that has huge hits on Paper Trail and goes more and more into it. There was a lot of big hits on the album, too. Uh, Stefan mentioned it was the seventh official single off the album. And I looked through some of the other singles I didn't even recognize some of the the singles that were on there, actually. Um, And it is a testament to that time of you would buy an album for one or two songs off of it. Uh, He had more than one or two on this album, of course, too. But you think of what is on there, whatever you like, we mentioned. uh, Swag Like Us, also using another great uh, sample there, uh, M.I.A., Paper Planes. Um, That song is one of my favorites, actually, on there. uh, More of that posse cut vibe. And then Dead and Gone, of course, too. You you bring in Justin Timberlake at that time, and uh, they they make a, a... a huge hit uh, with that one too. Um, actually, the last song on the album too is "Dead and Gone." So you know, you think about that being the seventh official single. Um, I can't even think of you know some of the other ones. Those were singles too, of course, as well. For me personally, this is probably in the TI top 10 uh, for me, uh, definitely top 15. This is one of those songs that you just listen to over and over again, and you did listen over and over again. And like I said, I've had this song stuck in my head now for five days and just that repetitiveness and that different type of uh you know pop crossover that you really hear uh as well too and when i actually listened to this the other day uh, i was driving around uh listening to some of the lyrics listening and taking it all in again as well um and we remember the radio cut obviously it's when you heard most on the radio of course but the album version does have that you know, message to the troops um, that are fighting over there. Uh, and it, it's a little bit weird, in my opinion. I get, you know, you want to shout out the troops. It's patriotic. And, you know, they are over there fighting. But it seems very out of place, actually, uh, at this point. Um, you're like, okay, yeah, uh, you know, shout out to all them and stuff. And then he says, you know, let's get it, baby girl. And then you're like, I'm going to be, you're going to be a shining star, Fancy clothes, fancy cars, and you're like, yeah, the to- two totally different things that are really happening uh, there. It there. totally sounds like he shooted in after the fact. They recorded the song. Rihanna's part was probably long done. They're like, you know what? Album sales. Let's shout out to the troops. Yeah, I mean, that, that had to be like what they did. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just like, why make the song longer in that way? Um, I don't know. That that kind of was a little bit interesting to me in that way is all. Uh, I mean, a good nod, of course, and everything, but yeah, just just very out of place um, personally uh, with especially the segue and everything as well into the, you know, not even like, he's just like, we're just going right into it after this, actually. And then you're singing about being rich and amazing clothes and cars and all that different type of stuff uh, as well, too. And actually, I read a fun thing about this the other day too and i'll kind of ask your opinions on this but um i read that ti reached out to rihanna and that thankfully she said yes and i was like man that's a quite a thing to say actually at that point of like thankfully she said yes she was 20 years old this time and huge so she didn't have to say yes she had all of her you know she had huge hits and she had all these songs as well but i was thinking and you know you don't want to think about this but in a world without rihanna so let's say no rihanna you don't get ponda replay you don't get umbrella you, you get none of these songs um who would take over 
for her singing this uh, hook and different stuff as well, too. And be interested to get your guys' opinion as well. But first one that came to my mind was Beyonce. So, you know, Beyonce around this time, you know, huge, obviously, as well, too. You know, her and Rihanna maybe are the two top of the the pop, um, you know, world at this point maybe even uh similar tone similar vibrato in that way as well too that she could take over and and maybe go right into it in that way um around this time too i was thinking of some big names alicia keys i mean she ended up doing um you know empire state of mind which is in itself same formula you know male rap star and you know female vocalist a huge voice you know different things like that as well so maybe she could take over on that um this one was a very random one but jordan sparks uh at this time um right around that time as well too uh i mean maybe not but she was getting you know had some hits and things too so maybe she tried to keep things going at that time as well um another one that came up estelle so think american boy um Mm -hmm. amazing song its own right of course too but uh maybe she can come in and then i had some wild cards as well i had uh mary j blige it's a very wild card in my opinion but never know what's hopping in there um fergie maybe fergie um it would be a true wild card but you know, a few years later in all the lights with Kanye, she has that grittiness in, you know, that that part that she comes in as well, too. Um, so maybe she could j- jump in. And then my last wild card I had actually was M.I.A. too. Talked about Swagger Like Us, but, um, you know, M.I.A. in that in that way could have maybe came in and gave it too. So, all right. Was there anyone that I didn't mention that you could see maybe taking over in a world where Rihanna ceases to exist? Be a sad world, but yes. Tell you what, that's not a world that I care to live in. Um, (laughs) However, I, uh, you know, I will say that um, just listening to your list, the first ones, um, definitely Beyonce. When you when you mention, definitely in terms of vocal style, I could, you know, from that perspective, at the very least, you could definitely hit those same notes. Um, You know, kind of similar with Alicia Keys and. And for that matter, I feel like Alicia Keys, you know, were it not Rihanna doing the bridge, I could see Alicia Keys having more input into lyrics, taking it more in the direction of the, you know, shouting out the troops and maybe making that part feel a little bit less shoehorned. Um, But um, I will say one that um, one that kind of came to mind uh, two that came to mind in the middle of that um, Carrie Hilson, also pretty big around the same time if not uh just about to be could uh could very much have been on that and yeah she was on my list too actually of thoughts too frankly she deserved another hit um i uh and kind of kind of a kind of one that i don't know if y'all um i don't know if this is just me but i was thinking about neo No. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. No. No. I'm I'm in on this. Let's let's hear it. Imagine. No. Imagine Neo. Yeah. Imagine Neo singing that hook. You could very easily hear it. Well, you might as well go T Pain at that point too. You think of all the above. Same song. Ursher, maybe. (laughs) Ursher. Okay. Well, I was trying to do it in more of a way of like female vocalist and representation in that way too. But yeah, I mean. But hey, we went down that rabbit hole. There's no going yeah. back. I mean, if you want to, if you want to throw in Neo, I, I'm all I'm about throwing Neo, Neo on, on any track. Honestly, pretty much. He's the he's the only he's the only male R and B artist of that era that I could see just really killing that. That's that's my pick for sure. All right, that, that true wild card pick there uh, too. So any that you're uh, thinking about, Stefan, that we might not have mentioned. Well, I really liked your Fergie pick. I'll just start off with that. Uh, you know, she's coming off the Duchess, which was a fabulous album, really successful. We had Fergalicious, London Bridge, Glamorous, the list goes on. Clumsy, amazing. I really liked that album. Anyway, um, one that jumps off the page for me is Leona Lewis. I think her career was kind of stunted a little too early, but she's successful around this time. Um, really powerhouse vocals, which I think kind of line up with Rihanna. I could see her doing it from a genre type of view. I don't think she ever crossed uh, into R&B and hip hop, really. But I, I think um, she's in that 
vocal range where it, it could sound good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like Bleeding Love pretty much hits as like Bleeding Love is around the same relation to what R&B seems to actually be as this song is, you know, like it's using the same sort of vocal styles, but I mean, it's a completely different thing. Um, I, I think that's a great pick. I mean, yeah, I, I like that one too a lot. So, well, yeah, so luckily we have Rihanna and, you know, she's given us great hooks, music, everything too. So, but yeah. just playing a, a little what if game uh, there as well too. So breaking down some of the lyrics here, um, not a lot to break down. I think that T.I. does a good job at what he needs to do in this song, if that makes sense. So he, he gives the lyrics that he needs and he has that classic T.I. flow, you know, uh, witty, but at the same time seeming effortless as well too. But one of the first lines that stuck out to me was, when he says, and my apologies, this is going to sound very, very white, but uh, I'm, I'm going to say the lyrics anyway as well. But he says, safe to say I paved the way for you cats to get paid today. So, you know, that's what I talked about earlier with him being the originator of trap music at this time, or, you know, from the beginning, but also at this time saying, hey, look at me, I'm at the top. And... I have paved the way for you all. And you think of this new Atlanta even that comes now. Like I mentioned Gucci Mane, but like Gucci Mane went to jail and he came back and, you know, everyone wanted his music. And then you think of young Jeezy going to Jeezy or you think of the Migos, Young Thug. You know, these are people that might not exist today without trap music and without T.I. getting to the top with Paper Trail and maybe even some of these songs as well, too. So kind of a, you know, hey, I'm going to brag and give those, you know, say that I'm the one. And that's why you're here today as well. Um, And then another one. Did someone want to add? Sorry. Uh, No, I was just going to add that, um, you know, Apparently for Paper Trail, he was writing this album as he was awaiting a trial for a weapons possession. So he like actually played the game of, you know, this earlier gangster rap, if you will. Um, And then you see people like Soldier Boy come up from, you know, Southern regions, um, kind of biting his style and maybe didn't have the same street cred, if you will, but got the same chart success. So I I think that that definitely gives credence to what you were saying there. Uh, he's feeling kind of slighted. Yeah, and people forget too that like Ti was crossover in a, a bunch of other ways too. Like he he has done like I mean not that his reality TV stuff was the best, but he still did stuff with that. He was in movies um, as well too. I mean he he was in a movie about Atlanta, you know. So like when you think of Atlanta, you think of Ti in that way. So it is kind of like if not me. You're not here in that way. So that's a very good point as well, too, though, Stefan, with the street cred um, going on as well. Um, not that we know anything about street cred. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about street cred, but... Uh, in fairness. We just listen to people that have all the street cred uh, and rap their lyrics over and over again, um, of course, too. Um, one, The last lyric that I'll break down, too, um, in this one was when he says... I'm West Side anyway, even if I left today and stayed away. Um, and... Some of you guys might not remember him. Uh, I do, but uh, do you remember Sh- Shoddy Low? Um, the, I do the remember rapper. Shoddy Low. Yeah, so him and T.I. actually were in a beef. So Sh- Shoddy Low started it, um, and he's, you know, like, hey, I'm from West Atlanta. And there is a big breakdown, for those you don't know, between West Atlanta and East Atlanta. So you think of, like, Zone 6. So, you know, that's where, like, Gucci Mane's from and um, – you know, those different type of areas where you're like, oh, that's where, you know, the, the hoods are and things like that, too. Um, so kind of like that east-west type of, uh, you know, not battle per se, but that type of like, hey, this is my turf and I'm going to protect it at all costs that way, too. The last thing that I'll talk about with like lyrics and different things about this song will be just that Rihanna in this song is just incredible. And I know I mentioned like who would take over, but realistically i don't think anyone could do it as well as she did i was listening to this song and you know you you got the hooks and you got the the chorus that she's singing but when she really gets into that breakdown and she is like almost crooning at that part and you're like holy cow like this is like i feel like i'm like flying on top of the world and like i am like you know 
at this huge height of luxury um, and everything as well, too. And, you know, she ends up getting more, you know, parts in general in the song. So I know that, you know, people joke about it. And like when Drake's on a song, they go, hey, this is Drake featuring Drake, you know, in that way. It's not his song, but he takes it over. Uh, I think that Rihanna in this song really did just take over and she was the star on this song so uh once you get you know done with everything and you think the song's over you just have rihanna break it down and you're like wow this is really just sums it all up and then breaks it down with one more chorus as well too so that is you know my thoughts at least that she's the one that almost carries it in a way as well too did they cut her bridge in the radio edit it did they did. Yeah. I remember being it is a very shame. confused so, like, about that. All right. Let's 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 be real here. Like, yes, shout out the troops, do all that stuff too. But you can't cut out Rihanna on, uh, on that. You know, no way, uh, in, in my opinion. So, um, Can you imagine anyone doing that nowadays? No, I mean, Like, Rihanna features on a song and you cut out a good, like, you cut out not only a good, like, 30 seconds of her contribution, but her one verse. Like, no. Yeah. That's no way. So, yeah, I mean, like, and, and around this time, those breakdowns were the thing to do. So, you know, you think of uh, Just Dance. Uh, I was listening to that song the other day, too. Uh, don't ask why, um, but I was. Uh, Great coronavirus. Yeah, Just I Dance is going to be a- Yeah. <laughs> so that has the breakdown, too, um, where you're like, yeah, like the same, same amount of time, like, same time era and everything too. And it is just like something that you still get to this extent, but it just some, for some reason gets in my mind that that was the time to do those different type of breakdowns as well too. That one had Colby O'Donis, Colby Lewis, Colby O'Donis. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, he, he, he got his big, big shot there. And then that was it. Guys money. Yeah. So now that we've broken down this song and dissected it into our parts, we're going to do a segment. So we're going to have some different segments from time to time here as well. And I think the one that we're going to go today with, guys, will be your most underrated TI song or feature. Um, and let's just leave it to about one or two of those that you can think of um, with that. So I'll throw it mm. to Stefan first. Uh, give me your most underrated TI song. Okay, this is a, a good question. My favorite TI song, I don't know if it's underrated, is What You Know. Amazing song. Classic, Amazing classic. Beat. My favorite baseball player at the time of my childhood, Joe Maurer, used it as his walk-up song. I later went to this guy's um, – they retired his jersey. Uh, they had a ceremony for him. And after his career had ended and T.I. actually recorded a message and they played it at Target Field and he thanked Joe Maurer for all the years of using that song. So what you know is my favorite song, but I wouldn't consider it underrated. Shout out Joe Maurer. Shout out Joe Maurer. Number seven. My uh, most underrated T.I. song is actually a feature. It is the definition of an album track on uh, Wyclef Jean's Carnival album, Slow Down. I've told Chris to play this at my funeral many times. He has. Beautiful, beautiful message. It's telling you how you should just take a break from all the world's troubles. Anyway, where the TI part comes in, he is the feature. He's talking about how a drug deal goes bad, how his partner snitched on him, how the feds are you know, coming after him. It's anxiety provoking. The flow is unique. I highly recommend you listen to this song, Slow Down. I want to say it's from 2006 or seven. Great song. All right, Chris, uh, give me some of your uh, underrated T.I. tracks. I'll say I was trying to think about it. Um, I think off the top of my head, um, Swing Your Rag from uh, from Paper Trail as well is a great, great song. I think that was one of the seven singles that was released before this one. Um, didn't quite make it to this uh, to these heights, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Um and then, not necessarily underrated, but definitely a favorite of mine uh, was "My Love" uh, by Justin Timberlake. And Ti's uh, Ti's part on that was definitely one that I used to I used to go back to constantly as a kid. Yeah, you think of the feature for feature, you know, you always think you get one, you get the other. So dead and gone to that too. So a lot of collaborations between them 
as well. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to cheat and give three actually, because I just saw another one. Um, this one was maybe not as big of a billboard commercial hit, but about the money with young thug. I always liked that song. Uh, good new TI song, maybe the best new TI song actually, uh, you know, 2015 on, uh, definitely that that's a great song in my opinion. Uh, one of those that you would, you know, here in the club or different things and you're, you're, you know, on the radio and you're like, yeah, that that's, you know, good song and it brings kind of old the new in with, you know, young thug being the new and TI being the old as well. Um, the two I'm going to go with, though, is the first one will be actually a feature um, in the song Fancy with Drake. Um, great production, great song, uh, Swizz Beats uh, in there, too. But uh, I do, it's a short feature by T.I., but a good breakup of the song, I think, as well, too, um, in there. Um, I've always liked that song as well. And then one I'm going to go with for just T.I. song in general will be... Uh, that's all she wrote, featuring Eminem. Um, was listening to that song the other day too, and the the flow with that, with the guitar kind of riff and everything, and how him and Eminem, you know, kind of just trade bars, and they have two different choruses or two different hooks in there too. Um, and then the last hook, they come in and out as well. Um, that's one of those songs that you kind of are like, you know, I'm gonna like drive on a cold winter night and just listen to this song and like into the abyss kind of in that way too. I don't care for that era of Eminem that much, but he does have a few good lines. And that one that I really liked was why would I buy you a teddy bear? You're already bipolar. We're talking about bears. We're talking about polar, polar bears. So I just thought I had to resurface that. Yeah. That's, that's one of the lines I like too at the end of it. Uh, too so well great well that will wrap it up for this episode of over my head a look back at pops past brought to you by los lovely boys if you want to hear our episodes as they drop please make sure to subscribe download and listen wherever you listen to podcasts most if you want to add your input on this song want to suggest songs for us to look at or just want to give us some feedback you can email it up us at Los Lovely Boys LLC at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you, and we're you know looking to do as many songs as we can. So please just give us whatever type of songs pop into your head and that way too. And for my co-hosts Chris and Stefan, hope we weren't too far in over our heads on this one. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>